This is the Medical Beat on 97.1 FM Talk. All right. Good morning. You're listening to the Medical Beat, 97.1 FM Talk. And um, it's a beautiful morning. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. Uh, we're going to have a great topic today, and we have a great guest. Our guest today is Dr. Ed Weisbart. I'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, but first, the topic of today is Amendment 2. Uh, amendment 2 is a health care amendment. It's the amendment to uh, undergo the Medicaid expansion here in the state of Missouri, uh, like most states in the country uh, have done, I think all but 13 or 14. And uh, the, the Medicaid expansion has been somewhat controversial. Uh, here in Missouri, uh, the Medicaid expansion has been uh, picking up steam as far as support. Right now, pretty much all of the uh, politically neutral voices, almost all politically neutral voices, have been leaning in favor of Amendment 2 and a relatively uh, and sort of a shrinking coalition as opposed to Amendment 2. Uh, Amendment 2 might end up passing in Missouri as it has passed in some other uh, in some deep red states such as Oklahoma and Arkansas. Uh, When Arkansas passed the Medicaid expansion, their uninsured rate was cut in half in about uh, one year. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, some about the politics behind it, uh, but also about how this can affect uh, the health care for all of us, uh, the hospitals around us and. and how it's going to affect our uh, Medicaid system overall. Uh, But first, uh, let me introduce our guest. Uh, Our guest is Dr. Ed Weisbart. Excuse me. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hello. Hey, Ed. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Good, good. Yeah, Dr. Weisbart is joining us remotely because of, you know, COVID and all that. Uh, Dr. Weisbart has been a physician, a family practitioner uh, for decades. He was the leader of a large primary care group. Uh, before moving to St. Louis to take a job as chief medical officer at Express Scripts. And that's a a big deal, by the way. Uh, He's uh, currently working as uh, president of the Missouri Physicians for a National Health Plan, uh, advocating for health reform, looking for ways uh, to make uh, medical coverage more affordable, uh, to cover more people, and uh, and to do so in a way that's uh, efficient and secure. Uh, he's also on faculty at the Washington University School of Medicine. He's still engaged in patient care. Uh, he has sort of seen it all, and he uh, he knows about this stuff. So um, so let's let's uh, let's turn it over to to Ed Weisbart here. So to start out with, just kind of to orient everybody, can you tell us, Ed? Can you kind of walk us through uh, what is the Medicaid system in Missouri? How does it work now? And what is the proposed change? How would this how would this change if we passed uh, the Medicaid expansion? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. So Medicaid uh, is essentially health insurance uh, for people with uh, with lower income, uh, typically children, of course, and parent their parents, uh, seniors, uh, many pregnant women, or people with disabilities. So it's basically health um, insurance, and. Um, in Missouri, what that means is that it helps people be able to see a doctor, to buy medications and stuff. It helps them able to maintain their health. It makes them able to go to work, makes them able to take care of families. So Medicaid, as you probably know, is different from Medicare. Medicare is primarily for seniors um, and a few other groups, but Medicare 
is paid for primarily through our federal taxes and, and whatever we pay out of pocket for it. Um, and there's no state uh, payment for Medicare. So Medicare for seniors is pretty much the same all over the country. Medicaid, which is what we're talking about today, in Missouri, about two-thirds of Medicaid is paid for by the federal government, but a third of it comes out of our state uh, funds, out of our state taxes. And more or less, that's true all over the country, where the states pay a big chunk of the cost of Medicaid. And so states can design Medicaid programs to largely fit what they view as the needs of their state. Um, and so Medicaid in Missouri is different from Medicaid in Kentucky or Illinois or Iowa or, or Oklahoma. So Medicaid varies um, all, over the, all over the country. Um, in Missouri, Medicaid is, is, uh, covers a number of people, but it's, but it's got big gaps. So the reason we're talking about Amendment 2 is because there are um, a few hundred thousand people in Missouri, who most of whom are working full-time, you know, in, in, in jobs that we see every day, um, and yet they, they make too much to get on Medicaid today. So if they were able to make less money, some of them would get on Medicaid uh, today, but they make too much. We want them to keep making as much as they can, of course, and yet they don't make enough to get um, any help from the Affordable Care Act. Because, you know, people who are of more modest income but not quite in poverty uh, are able to get subsidies for their health insurance premiums through the Affordable Care Act. But there's a gap in between. There's a gap between the lowest of income people in Missouri and then the people who earn just enough to get a subsidy. There's this, this gap, most of whom are working, um, and they don't have any way to get insurance. They work in jobs that don't offer insurance. Um, and so if they get sick, they struggle to, to see a doctor. So what we're talking about is making sure that this group of people can have health insurance um, so that they can take care of themselves. Yeah. And I think in Missouri, I saw the number somewhere, but in Missouri, this would uh, give coverage to a few hundred thousand uninsured people. Yeah, the best estimates are 230,000 people. Um okay. Yeah. And so, of course, the question is, how can we possibly afford that? And, yes. and the answer is that by every reasonable projection, Missouri comes out financially ahead. It actually helps yes. the Missouri budget. Um, so we've been talking about this since, I guess it was 2012 or something, when the, uh, when the Supreme Court made it an option. We've been talking about this for a number of years. Um, and Missouri, the show-me state, um, has waited, of course, and now – we don't need to speculate and project. Now we have 37 states in the District of Columbia who have done this, right. um, 13 of whom did it under Republican governors. Mm -hmm. And so we have information. There's 37 states who have done this, and not one has reversed course. So they've all found right. that it was either neutral for their state's budget or that, indeed, as, as we have reason to believe in Missouri, the state saved money that then can be used on other things. So right. we know we can do this. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, more coverage and uh, for ways, and I think we'll talk about that more in the next segment, but it's not, it's not just a hypothesis that it'll save money. It's actually an observation. It's something that we know is how it works out. So we're going to talk more about this in the second segment. We're talking about the Medicaid expansion. Our guest is Dr. Ed Weisbart. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Medical Beat. 
All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, you're listening to The Medical Beat, 97.1 FM Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. Our guest today, Ed Weisbart, MD. Uh, the topic, uh, Amendment 2, um, which is on the ballot this Tuesday. Uh, it's for the expansion of Medicaid. Uh, many, many things to talk about here. I think the thing we want to turn to right now is uh, just for a moment. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about money. Let's uh, let's set aside issues of whether or not someone can see a doctor, whether or not uh, people might die or have something bad happen without health care. Setting that aside uh, for a moment and only talking about money. Uh, can you walk us through what do we know about the financial impact of passing Amendment Two? Uh, what are the costs, and then what are the cost savings, and how does that? Uh, what's the what's the total at the end of that? Sure, I mean it's uh, it, it's it's really important that this make economic sense because of, of the economic climate that we're in and the economic state of of Missouri. So, it's it's really critical that we be responsible about this. And the good news about that is that this is incredibly responsible. So, I think we mentioned in the last segment that two thirds of the cost of uh, of Medicaid uh, is paid for by the federal government. That's actually even a higher number when it comes to expanding Medicaid. When you expand Medicaid, the, uh, the, the law says that 90% of that cost is paid for by the federal government. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm glad to have my federal taxes lower and not higher. In this particular case, we in Missouri have been paying the federal taxes to support Medicaid expansion since, I think, 2012. So right. for the last, is, is it 2012 or 14, for the last many years, yeah. We've been paying the federal taxes that would pay for 90% of the cost of what we're proposing, and yet those tax dollars are going to right. other states who right. have yeah. chosen to pay Medicaid. Yeah, we're already paying that. So right now, Missouri's tax dollars are already going to California, to Oklahoma, to Arkansas, to Oregon, to help right. pay for their health care. Well, why don't we just redirect some of that back here? But then there's yeah. the 10% that would still be on the Missouri budget. So, right, right. you know, yeah. and, and like everybody else, I too don't want to see my taxes um, go up. But the interesting thing is that Medicaid expansion in Missouri would allow us to transfer some of the things that the Missouri budget, that our Missouri tax dollars, our state tax dollars are paying for. It would allow us to actually transfer that into the 90% pool that the federal government pays for through the taxes we're already paying. So it's not like we would need to raise taxes to do that. The federal government wants to do that. They want to pick it up. So things that we're currently paying for, either 100% or 35%, would drop down to just 10% for Missouri. So, for example, the easiest one for me to understand about that is that the expansion pays for anybody who's newly eligible under the expansion population. And one of those groups is our pregnancies. Ah. And next year, you know, we're going to probably have 20,000 people get pregnant and the next year after that. So today, that's covered at the at the 65-35 rate in Missouri. If, once we pass expansion, that gets covered at the 90-10 rate. So a lot of the wow. cost of managing pregnancies would be picked up by the federal government. Not, so the current ones that we're currently paying for. So we would have that savings off of our book. Um, today, Missouri, pays, Missouri taxes pay for hospitalized 
prisoners, I think that's like 100% that we pay for it today. Right. And under Medicaid expansion, 90% of the cost of that would go over to the federal government. So, ah. so, 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 it, the, so our, our current Medicaid system, which is admittedly expensive, the Medicaid, the Medicaid expansion would relieve some of that burden. It would reduce some of the costs of the Medicaid system that's already here by transferring some of those costs to, to the federal government. Correct. Yes. Yes. And then in, in addition to that, um, the, the projections, the reasonable projections that have borne out as true are that we would have more jobs. You know, we would yeah. we would have people working in clinics, working in healthcare. We would have people able to get jobs again because they're of the ability to have insurance. There's there's a conservative estimate that we would have 16,000 more jobs in Missouri. Um, and if you have 16,000 more jobs, um, those folks would be paying income tax. Yes. They would be able to purchase more. So we would have a bump up in state income tax and a bump up in state sales re- sales tax revenues. And those increases in tax revenues for the state would occur without having to levy any new taxes. So if you're not in the population that we're talking about, if you're you know, one, somebody who would not be added by Medicaid expansion, your, your taxes wouldn't go up at all. Right. Um, but if you're able to work, of course, you would have to pay more tax because now you can work. Um, yeah. And the projection is that that would that those two things together would actually free would actually create about one hundred and twenty million dollars um, per year for our state that then we could use to help fund our schools or public safety or yeah. any of a variety of things that our state is so badly struggling with. Yeah. And the again, state comes out ahead financially. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think it's important to point out that this this is not really an opinion. It's an observation. We've seen this in, what, 33, 34 states. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that people are people keep missing is the fact that that without the Medicaid expansion, without the Medicaid expansion, Missouri taxpayers are subsidizing other states. Period. You know, with the Medicaid expansion, we don't have to do that anymore. The federal taxes that we're paying uh, will actually come back to Missouri. So, I and think, to be clear, yeah. one state subsidizing another state isn't such a bad thing. You know, yeah. we all the states do that in certain ways. That's part of being one one nation. Yeah, yeah. A particular one is one. Where the reason the reason we're paying that tax mm-hmm. is because the design of the program was to help people in Missouri, and it's our state legislators who have said. We're powerless to, to, to change the tax structure on this, but we're glad to not have Missourians have access to health care. And that's just that's just wrong. We're paying for it already. Right. Right. Yeah. Why not? Why not get the stuff we're already paying for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think um, I think that that kind of that kind of uh, pulls us around to the topic of who is it who's in favor of Amendment 2 and who is it who's opposed to Amendment 2? And I think let me let me rattle off some of the ones I know of, and then you can join in. I, and I think, in fairness, I think in a little bit I'm going to tell everyone uh, the the web address uh, for both websites. I'll tell you the web address for the main website that is in favor of Amendment Two, and I'll also uh, show you the website, uh, the main website for those who oppose Amendment Two, and I'll I'll show you both. Uh, but I think one of the most striking things is if you look at the at who is it who is in favor of Amendment 2, and people who are in favor of it is a huge long list. It includes uh, the uh, Missouri Physicians Association, 
uh, of which I'm a member, the Missouri Nurses Association, uh, the Missouri Hospital Association, uh, many, many churches and religious organizations, and uh, I think the uh, Missouri Chamber of Commerce and Industry, which is a uh, which is a quite conservative organization, and I think they kind of looked at the numbers and figured out it was a good deal. Um, name some other ones, Ed. I can think of some others. Can you think of some other organizations that are on that long list? Sure. Well, I, I think the key is is to point out that the, this proposal has incredibly broad support. Yeah. Um, it's we're just real because really we're just talking about offering health insurance to people, which pretty much everybody needs. And as because of how simple the issue is, we all need health insurance. Mm-hmm. The support is incredibly broad. So one one little sample of that is that where does where else does this happen? But in Medicaid expansion, we have at the same table endorsing this program. We have Catholics, Chamber of Commerce, and Planned Parenthood. Yeah, right. Catholic Chamber of Commerce and Planned Parenthood <laughs> right. all agree. <laughs> How often does that happen? Right. Like never. I don't think, yeah, never pretty much. And right. like you said, pretty much everybody else is on board with it uh, in addition to, to those groups. So, you know, yeah. AARP supports it. Um, Labor, AFL-CIO supports it. Every medical society, can't know the cancer societies, diabetes, heart, family medicine, internal medicine, pediatrics, Missouri State Medical Association, mm-hmm. dentists, um, the hosp- Missouri Hospital Association, including BJC and, and almost every hospital, uh, most faith-based groups, um, the League of Women Voters, the NAACP. You know, it's pretty much the whole spectrum across industries and across political persuasions. This is not a liberal versus conservative uh, issue in general. This is mm-hmm. a... My gosh, health and who, 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 and tell me who in our country we want to not have able to go to a doctor. Point out, pick out those people. And you know what? Most of us say, well, no, right. no, everybody should be able to go to a doctor, especially when we're already paying to have that taken care of. Right. Yeah. We're already paying for it. We're just not getting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh. Do you want to talk about who opposes it? Let's do that. But we'll talk about that. We- Chad's playing the music in the background. Here, okay. I must do as Chad commands. We are going to go out here. Uh, we're going to have a commercial break. But we're going to be right back. We're talking about Amendment 2 uh, with Dr. Ed Weisbart. Uh, when we, yeah, when we come back, let's do that. Let's talk about uh, who's opposing this. Uh, back soon. Ciao. You're listening to The Medical Beat. All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, This is The Medical Beat, 97.1 FM. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey. The guest today, Dr. Ed Weisbart. The topic, uh, Amendment 2, uh, that's on the ballot uh, for this Tuesday. If you uh, if you missed the first part of the show, then uh, I feel sad for you, but I'll go ahead and give you a, a, a quick catch up here. Uh, we're talking about the uh, Second Amendment, which is to enact the Medicaid expansion for the state of Missouri. Uh, the things we've talked about are how many additional people will have health care coverage if we do that. And also we've especially talked about the uh, financial impact of Amendment 2. One of the main things to remember is that uh, we're sort of already paying for most of that Medicaid expansion uh, because a lot of that is funded through the federal government. So currently, uh, Missourians are already paying for most of that. 
Uh, we're just not getting that. And, um, or we're not getting it unless we have the Medicaid expansion. And also with expanded Medicaid, there are savings in many, many other parts of the system so that uh, what economists project and what other states have actually seen in real life is that there is a small overall savings, a small gain economically uh, from, uh, or a small gain in the state budget uh, from the Medicaid expansion. We also talked about the broad coalition of people who were supporting the Medicaid expansion. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, strangely enough, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and Catholic churches joining together with each other, mind blown, uh, to support this. And also basically every healthcare organization, you know, Missouri Physicians Association, Missouri Nurses Association, Missouri Hospital Associations, and on and on and on and on and on, uh, all supporting Amendment 2. So, so if everybody is supporting Amendment 2 and if it's going to save money and put people on health care, I guess the next question is, is uh, who is opposing this? And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I think in this show, we, we mostly try to avoid politics, but every once in a while, I wander toward politics, kind of like a toddler wandering, kind of like a toddler wandering toward the electrical outlet with something metal in his hand. Kind of like that, I think. <laughs> but here we go. Here we go. Uh, so, uh, Ed, where's the opposition coming from? What, what up with that? So the opposition is, is not very uh, robust. Um, the, the robust you know, side, the comprehensive side, is on the, in support. But, but the opposition, I, I would say that it falls into um, three categories. I call them the three misses. They're mm-hmm. a group that's either misinformed, yeah. Um, and to fix that, you know, just do your own research. Make sure you're not in that group. And Steve will give out the the, uh, the, the websites where you can have the pro and con. Yeah. And you'll notice on the pro side, there's a ton of information, uh, both uh, projections and models and numbers, and then actual experience from the 37 other states. So the pro side has a ton of information. The the against side is just sort of more vague generalities. So I would say do your own research and don't be in the first group of misses. Don't be misinformed. Look at your own information. Right. And and like Ed said, I'm going to give out both websites so that uh, you can all look at the website that disagrees with us and uh, and draw your own conclusions. But tell us the other misses. Please go on, Ed. I would say are either misinterpreting or are intentionally misleading. And sometimes it's hard to know um, which one it is. But you'll find some folks who will say that it's not good for the Missouri budget, that it's going to hurt schools or whatever. And eight years ago, I would have said, I don't believe that. Today, I can say 37 states plus all of our projections have proven that that's either a misinterpretation or misleading. Um, So... Anybody who's, who's saying, you know, and some people will bring up the issue of illegal immigrants overrunning our hospitals. I've heard that. I've seen that in, in, in print. Right. Um, and that's, that's not misinterpreting. That's just misleading because yeah. you can't get Medicaid if you're not a citizen. Right. Even with Medicaid expansion, yes. you can't get Medicaid if you're not a citizen. So, yes. you know, we shouldn't be having a discussion about, about, about how immigration, particularly illegal immigration, affects this. It's it's got nothing to do with this. It's This is only something for citizens. Right. Yes, illegal aliens are not going to be getting free stuff with Amendment 2. No. Right. It's not the law. It's not, it's not part of this. So my point is, anybody who makes that argument is either misinformed, and they just need to be better informed, or they're intentionally misleading. Right. And that's what really bothers me. If you can't win your argument on the facts, 
you're breaking the wrong argument. Yes. And intentionally misleading is, uh, I, I think the other word is lying, right? Yes, yeah. you could say okay. that. <laughs> right. You're so polite. You didn't want to call it that, but yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I think, um, so yeah, so the arguments against are mostly, say it again, misinformed, misleading, or misinterpreting. Or misrepresenting. Misrepresenting, yes. Yes. Mis- misinformed, misinterpreting, ah. or misleading. Got, I got him now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little slow there. So yeah. Yeah, and I think... Uh, uh, before we go on, it's just to, in case anyone's there with a pencil and paper and wants to look this up after the show, don't l- listen to the show first, guys. Don't don't go to the website yet, but write it down and after the show, look at the website. But uh, the 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 website, the the one in favor of the amendment is yesonto.org, and that's the number two, not a not two, but the number two, yesonto.org, and the website opposed to amendment two is this is a little harder no on two in august.com so if you want to see all the information that disagrees with me it's no on two in august.com and uh, i think one of the main things to compare is to look at who is it who's endorsing amendment two and who is it who is opposed to amendment two and as far as organizations, as far as organizations that are opposed to Amendment Two, I can tell you that the ones on the website were organizations that I had not heard of. Are they real? I don't. I don't know. Had you heard of those organizations, Ed? Yeah, a little bit here and there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're so they're real organizations. They're not just made up. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so we do uh, we do see some opposition to Amendment Two. You know, I, one thing we've talked about in previous shows is I think that the pandemic uh, has changed the way people think about health care coverage. One of the main things is that, you know, people who were happy with their health coverage, as a lot of people are, you know, people who are happy with their health coverage suddenly find themselves in the middle of a pandemic without a job and without health care coverage because of the pandemic uh, at the same time. So I think people are, you know, thinking more about, uh, you know, how do we have ways to get people health care coverage that's not not as linked to employment. So do, do you think that the pandemic has changed the way people think about uh, the Medicaid expansion also, or has it increased the need for the Medicaid expansion? Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I, I think we started getting a, a taste of that back when uh, UAW went out on strike last year and General Motors mm-hmm. uh, said immediately, no health care for you. Those were folks who... Uh, who, who had taken for granted, who had assumed that their hard and fought one um, health insurance was something that they would have, and then they didn't. And then we're seeing it now where people, for no fault of their own, you know, their jobs are disappearing or going on hold. And so for, for no fault of their own, the, the safety net that they thought they had with insurance suddenly isn't there. And suddenly the safety net, uh, Medicaid, which seemed like it was for other people, um, suddenly, no, it's not other people. turns out we're all... Uh, one viral particle away from losing our job and losing and losing our health insurance. So, you know, and the, the sad part is how easy the economics work. Um, and so to let people be vulnerable for this, let people, you know, have, have a threat of having to pick between their, their rent and their, and their health and health care. 
doesn't have to be like that. So, yeah, I think we are seeing more and more people realizing that, my gosh, you know, we can't we can't let people struggle without health insurance for reasons not of their own making. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think and there's a there's other scenarios, too. I think one one scenario I used to see fairly often when I saw more people with Medicaid is I know that in the current system and my understanding is a little not as good as yours, but in the current system, as I understand it, basically you have to be very poor to qualify for Medicaid. And some people were in a position where they were able to get a job, but if they did get a job, they would lose their Medicaid. Do I understand that correctly in the current system? Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, you do. So how crazy is that? You know, without the Medicaid expansion, you're putting people in a position where if they go out and work, they shoot themselves in the foot. So I, so I think people stay on welfare. They stay away from work because there's no other way for them to get health care. Uh, so with the Medicaid expansion, people can can work at a job and uh, and continue to, to have insurance, which I think is something that people of all political persuasions should be in favor of. But hey, so I've seen people like that. You know, I've seen yeah. you know, the, the rule in Missouri today, which we want to fix, is that if you're not disabled and you're an adult and you have children in a family of four, you can earn up to five thousand five hundred and fifty dollars a year. So so if wow. you're a parent and not disabled in a family of four, you can earn up to five thousand five hundred and fifty dollars per year. And I've seen people like that in clinic who then tell me that they would like to go to work. But that's going to bump them up to more, you know, to a higher income, even with a part-time job. Yeah. And so they can't work. Yeah. Because they would lose insurance. So let's stop punishing people for from working. Right. Yeah, stop punishing people for working. Hey, we're going to go out on break, talking about the Medicaid expansion. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Medical Beat. We're back. Uh, this is the Medical Beat. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Harvey, 97.1 FM. Our guest is Dr. Ed Weisbart. The topic is Amendment 2 in Missouri. And uh, uh, for those of you just now joining us, we've talked about Amendment 2, which generally has had widespread support among the healthcare community and among people who are hooked into the economics of, of how that would affect things. And just in general, um, you know, th- this originally was sort of a red state versus blue state thing. Uh, but more recently, you know, Arkansas, Oklahoma, a lot of other red states have uh, have decided to expand Medicaid and um, have been much better off doing so. Arkansas, for example, had their uh, uninsured rate cut in half uh, from about 22 percent down to about 11 percent. Uh, pretty quickly after the Medicaid expansion was passed there. Um, Here in Missouri, one of the main worries that we've had in this state is the closure of rural hospitals. I think since Missouri decided to not expand Medicaid, we've had 12 or 14 hospitals have to close because of that. Uh, Walk us through that, Ed. What's, What's the situation with the rural hospitals? Sure. First, you know, of course, if you lose a hospital in a rural community, it's a disaster. You know, rural hospitals, aside from obviously being a hospital, you know, that means if it's not there, that means your ambulance ride if you're in a car accident or your 
or the time it takes to get to somebody who can help you deliver a baby yeah. suddenly goes from you know 20 minutes to maybe two hours or three hours. So yeah. um, there's that disaster if you lose your hospital, and it's often the economic driver of your community. That's why businesses are more comfortable setting up in your community. Right. So it's 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 a big deal. There, there's a number of reasons why hospitals and rural communities are struggling these days, and and. The biggest new one, of course, is failure to expand Medicaid. So um, the states that have expanded Medicaid have seen far fewer rural hospitals um, close. The reason this is an issue is because the Affordable Care Act uh, paid for itself in part by reducing what the government would pay hospitals to take care of people who don't have insurance. Right, right. And the hospitals agreed to that because most of those people were supposed to get Medicaid. Um, so it was supposed to be neutral for the hospitals, but mm-hmm. in a state like ours that has not expanded Medicaid, that's all that we changed. We didn't expand Medicaid, but the cuts in payments to the hospitals, particularly in rural areas, are still growing and getting and getting more and more, more and getting larger and larger. So these hospitals are are doing the best they can, um, but they agreed to a program that then the Missouri State Legislature decided to back out of. And, right. and they're struggling. So we need to fix that. Um, we, need to, we need to make sure that hospitals can stay open, particularly in the rural areas. Um, and people living in rural communities are losing their, losing their doctors. You know, physicians and nurses are getting recruited to states like uh, Arkansas and probably Oklahoma soon and Kentucky and, oh, yeah. and, and Iowa and Illinois and Nebraska. Our, our adjacent states yeah. are recruiting doctors and nurses, and they're moving because they have fewer uninsured patients that they take care of but can't can't get paid for. So yeah. Yeah. we need to fix this. We really desperately need to fix this. Yeah, and I can I can imagine being a doctor in a small town, if the hospital closes, the first thing on my mind is I can't do this. You know, gotta move gotta move somewhere else, you know? Right. Gotta move to St. Louis or gotta move to some place with a hospital. Right. And we're seeing that. That's not theoretical. We're right. seeing that. And we're seeing it not just in Missouri, it's all over the country. The states that don't expand Medicaid lose their doctors in rural communities, and the states that do expand Medicaid have significantly less trouble with that. Right, yeah, and it's and so far it's been, I think, about 14 rural hospitals that have had to close and more on the way, something like that. Well, to see is seven. Um, oh, okay. But the bigger count is that uh, nearly half of the remaining hospitals are teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. Oh. So there's, there's 26 more hospitals in Missouri in rural communities in Missouri that are on the edge of having to close. And, you know, that's going to probably happen over the next couple of three years. But if we fix this, we can preserve what there still is of our, of our rural hospital communities. Right. Cause they'll have, they'll have more of the people who come into the hospital. will, will they'll have actually, be able to actually get paid for seeing them instead of having to see so many people that they never get paid for. And even in, in, in other settings, you know, that, when, when a hospital takes care of somebody that doesn't have any way of paying for it, that means the hospital has to charge all the rest of us more, which means that our insurance premiums are jacked up. You know, I, I have insurance, and my insurance premium is jacked up in part to pay for taking care of the uninsured folks in Missouri. Right. I'll, you know, we've already talked about this. That's ridiculous. Let's start paying. Let's, let's, let's expand Medicaid. Vote yes on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And just decreasing the number of people who have no insurance has huge economic benefits all the way around. So I'm, I'm with you on that. So, But, yeah, so there, there's a whole bunch to talk about. So I think we're, 
we're going to switch gears in just a little bit. But to help to help wrap up this topic, um, I think you know if, if people want to look into this more for themselves before Tuesday, uh, you can check out yesonto.org uh, to see who is supporting Amendment Two, and to see what the opposition is for Amendment Two. Uh, you can check knowonto.inaugust.com. And um, even though that's the site that disagrees with me, please take a look at it, if, if only to see how sad <laughs> if only to see how sad it is. Um, but there, there's not a whole lot of uh, media opposition to that. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Dr. Weisbart and I, and I think the medical community in general, are uh, in favor of Amendment 2. So, hey, let's switch gears here. Let's take a deep breath and switch gears. Uh, we're going to talk about another another topic here. Uh, we're going to talk about um, something completely different. Uh, a study in, recently, study in the British Journal of Psychiatry. Oh, we're rushing toward the end here, so I'll do it quick. British Journal of Psychiatry article uh, discovering that uh, the suicide rate in different parts of the world tends to be correlated with the amount of lithium in the drinking water. Uh, there are trace amount, very, uh, very insignificant trace amounts of lithium in drinking water pretty much anywhere. And actually, several studies have shown a correlation between how much lithium is in the water and the suicide rate. More lithium means uh, less suicide. Should we start putting lithium in the drinking water? Ed, on the spot, what do you think? I would say no. I mean, I'd I think if no. we're going to do something to the drinking water, let's start removing the lead from it. <laughs> Amen. Safe and portable drinking water. Amen. That sounds good. Let's let's stop putting lead in the. Yeah, absolutely. Less lead, and we'll think about the lithium thing later. Yeah, I think that's a fair guess. Great answer. Great answer. All right. Hey, thank you for joining us, everybody. We're, we're uh, glad to have you join us today. Uh, we talked about Amendment 2. We talked a little bit about lithium in the drinking water. And uh, out we go. Have a great weekend. See you later.